0: From Creation Ministries International, you're listening to Creation.com's article podcast, the research and insights that give God glory, refute evolution, and give you the answers to defend your faith. Dr. Stephen McCoyd is General Director of Gospel Literature Outreach in the UK and holds a PhD in theology. He grew up in Ethiopia and is now married with three children. Other books by the author include titles such as The Quest for True Tolerance, Discipline with care, and learning to share the good news. In his recent book, In His Image, he primarily deals with contemporary ethical challenges and how churches should respond to them. In part one, the biblical foundation is laid that all human beings are bearers of God's image. Part two addresses some of the societal issues in detail, and part three gives pastoral advice, loving people but not affirming anything which goes against God's will. This book deals predominantly with the current state of affairs in the UK, but undoubtedly it is highly relevant to most countries in the West and further afield. There are some issues with this book that need pointing out, the biggest being where the author describes the creation of Eve from Adam's Rib as poetry on page 23. He does somewhat retreat from that later when he suggests, it may be that poetic language is being used on page 75. His decisions about what parts of the creation account are poetry and what are historical are arbitrary. He states that Genesis chapter 3 clearly contains poetry, but believes this chapter describes a real historic event. While he is correct on the history, his view that some things are non-literal opens a door for people to discount anything they find hard to believe. CMI, among others, has consistently argued that Genesis 1-11 through has all the hallmarks of historical narrative, the underlying fact which McCoy desires his readers to remember is that we as humans are very good, as was the rest of the original perfect creation. See Genesis 1:31. People are made in His image. The very title of the book. McCoy adds that God made a world that was perfect and allowed for human flourishing, and this is the world it ought to be. Quite right. But owing to original sin and the subsequent curse, we human beings are no longer perfect or even good. Read Romans 3:10 through 12. Nor do we live in a pristine world. We face pain and suffering as a consequence of that fatal day in Eden, yet we retain his image as the author agrees. In other words, our thoughts, words, and actions may obscure God's image in us, but cannot erase it. In chapter two, McCoy looks at Genesis three and discusses the dialogue that took place between Eve and the serpent, that is the devil. First, Satan casts doubt on God's word by querying, did God actually say? in Genesis 3:1, Next, he flat out denies God's word, you will not surely die. Lastly, he claims, you will be like God. The devil is cunning and knows that overtly suggesting that people disobey God and instead do their own thing would not work. McCoyd affirms, the destruction of any worldview often begins with a subtle undermining and a fraying at the edges. Or to put it differently, Satan deconstructs God's sovereignty in Eve's mind and says human autonomy is better than following God. Contrast this with Proverbs 3.5. When talking about the creation narratives on pages 24 and 25, the author does not seem to believe there are two different creation accounts, as many others have alleged. Rather, he says there is a different emphasis. Genesis 1 gives an overview of the creation week, whereas most of chapter 2 focuses on day 6 events. McQuoid describes it as, God's thinking in the creation of human beings. According to McQuoid, rejecting God's absolute standards is a very bad idea. Moral relativism has the inevitable consequence of reducing ethics to their lowest common denominator. Yet, he rightly observes that, Many in our society recoil at any attempt to establish fixed moral laws, arguing that freedom and law are incompatible. They fail to realize that not having laws will only lead to anarchy. The author uses sport as an example where rules enhance the fun, and also driving in traffic where regulations make it safer. It is not enough for some that Christians should tolerate a sinful lifestyle. Many today also want us to accept and even celebrate it. However, when we don't and speak against such behaviors, it turns out that the preachers of tolerance are not so tolerant themselves. McCoy calls it the new tyranny and quotes British historian Mike Pierce, saying, The currency of the term tolerance has become badly debased. Where it used to mean the respecting of real hard difference, it has come to mean instead a dogmatic abdication of claims of truth and a moralistic adherence to moral relativism, departure from either of which is stigmatized as intolerance." In other words, people decide for themselves what is true, and what's more, nobody is allowed to have a different opinion. As McQuoid puts it, they are killing free speech. In Chapter 4, the author discusses the Ten Commandments, these, of course, are God's laws inscribed with his finger, see Exodus 31, 18. McCoy connects the Sabbath day, which is the fourth commandment in Exodus 28, with creation week. Moving to the fifth commandment, he notes that, Today's culture has put pressure on families to encourage children at younger ages to express that freedom to act autonomously. About the sixth commandment, McCoy says, That murder is the deliberate taking of a human life without justification, and that it should be clear that neither an individual nor the state has the right to take life without good cause. Clearly, this encompasses abortion. In his image uses up-to-date examples to illustrate the topic of abortion, but also homosexuality and transgenderism. A distinction is made between pro-choice and pro-abortion. The first group argues for The woman's right to choose what to do with both her life and that of her unborn child, and to take control of her reproductive destiny, placing a high value on personal freedom and the liberty to choose. Pro-abortionists see abortion merely as part of a set of tools that helps women and men to enhance their lives by forming the families of their choosing. Frankly, I struggle to see much difference, just as I fail to comprehend the appalling moral contradiction that, Babies born under 24 weeks can survive and are cared for in neonatal units in hospitals. Whilst, at the same time in the same hospitals, healthy babies of similar age are being aborted. The former is, of course, very good, but the latter is something that God hates and will not turn a blind eye to. See Proverbs 6:16 6, through 17. On page 63, McCoyd highlights another glaring hypocrisy. You may not discipline a child in Scotland by smacking, but you are allowed to take his or her life before birth. A child's parents can be dragged to court in Scotland if they have smacked their child's bottom, but taking the unborn baby's life is deemed perfectly acceptable. This book demonstrates that, by and large, society is obscuring God's image. A case in point is that transgender people insist that they should be permitted to self-identify. McCoy illustrates this by a young, white male from the United States, who self-identifies as a middle-aged female from the Philippines on page 95. This person is described as having gender dysphoria, which can lead to anxiety and distress. According to the National Health Service, based in the UK, gender dysphoria is a term that describes a sense of unease that a person may have because of a mismatch between their biological sex and their gender identity. Transgender people believe they were assigned the wrong sex or born in the wrong body. Some people think that children at a very young age are able to assess the impact of such life-devastating decisions long before we trust them to drive a car, get married, or vote. McQuoid refers to an overzealous parent with a particular worldview and life orientation, but the same pressure might come from teachers, social workers, and peers, as well as from a wider culture. Some people might retort that we must not disagree with a child, be it teenager or younger, lest we be called transphobic parents. It is reasonable to ask those people this. When our children demand they have chocolate for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, do we hurry to the supermarket to cater for this new diet? Of course not. Children should be allowed to be children, and it is the responsibility of parents to bring them up to maturity, ideally in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. We'll look at who's tolerant, Christians or society, right after a short break. The book titled The Long War Against God is a compelling defense of the Bible. Dr. Henry Morris presents the theory of evolution as one of Satan's most devastating attacks against the church. The book reveals the error of evolution and its aim to deny God, discredit His supernatural creation and His sovereignty. Has Satan successfully led most Christians to give more credibility to the institution of science than the Bible? Today many Christians regard evolution as nothing more than God's method of creation. In this Christian apologetic resource, Morris boldly challenges this anti-biblical and even anti-theistic philosophy, an imagination or high thing exalting itself against the true knowledge of God. Within The Long War Against God, Morris exposes evolution's atheistic trail of destruction in movements such as communism, nazism, racism, and moral relativism. He explores evolutionary thinking as a belief system seeking to ultimately eliminate God. See for yourself how it dominates modern thought in every field. Realize how it led to lethally ominous political issues and social disintegrations such as abortion, infanticide, and euthanasia. Christian history is rife with casualties in the war on God as the creator of this world. A professional scientist and theologian, Morris successfully answers the who and the why behind the ongoing creation versus evolution conflict. His insightful perspective and compelling research offers a strong defense for the inerrancy of Scripture. Christian families, churches, and schools use the long war against God to tear down societal strongholds and fortify their faith in the infallible Word of God. This classic resource not only documents Christian history, it is sure to equip believers who will courageously create history for future believing generations. So get informed and equipped by reading The Long War Against God. You'll find it at creation.com slash store. Dr. McCoy's book, In His Image, makes clear that society is moving away from biblical teaching. McCoy suggests that one reason for this is that Christians have not helped by watering down the Bible's message in order to appeal to those who won't tolerate what it says, especially if it calls their behavior sinful. Instead of being salt and light, they have adapted to become more like, or more attractive in their thinking, to society. Other inappropriate reactions he describes are monastic Christians retreating into their churches and the gospel-only approach. The first group does not interact with society at all, and the second strategy, which just preaches Jesus, does not really connect with society either. Let people call Christians bigots and accuse us of intolerance. It only goes to show how intolerant they themselves are, as McCoyd acknowledges on page 110. Liberal culture, which prides itself on its own claim of being tolerant, is profoundly intolerant and condemning. Yes, the Bible is a book unto salvation, but the author argues that the ethical principles therein would be beneficial for society as a whole, if applied. It seems to me that for millennia, people have believed they know better than God. When will we learn? The Creation.com article podcast is produced out of the studio of Creation Ministries International, USA. You'll find lots of interesting related content in the links and show notes. This episode's article was written by Lucian Tuinstra. Be sure to listen to our other show, creation.com talk. Visit our events page to find a creationist giving a presentation in your local area. If you'd like to help us, become a monthly supporter at creation.com donate. If you want the latest noteworthy research and news, subscribe to Creation Magazine. from everyone at creation.com. Thanks for listening.